Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids, and this is a special episode of Forefront. It's the birthday episode. <laughs> so, happy birthday. So, my birthday's coming up, mm-hmm. and kind of a milestone one. You're going to be 40. But we also just celebrated a birthday in our family, another milestone. We begin each episode of Forefront by saying that we have four kids. We have had more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've actually had five children. Today, we're going to celebrate on this podcast a little bit about our son, Miles, and his birthday that we just celebrated. It was his 10th, 10th birthday. Yes. Wow. So, little backstory. We had Miles for 20 months, so shy of two years, and he had a lot of medical problems. Yeah, you know, even in the womb, we knew something wasn't quite right because he wasn't managing his amniotic fluid quite correctly. And so I had polyhydramnios, and then that caused my water to break. And when that happens and you have so much fluid, there's a high risk of your placenta abrupting. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened to me. And so really there were kind of two medical problems going on in Miles' life. One was this underlying neuromuscular disorder that was present even when he was in the womb that Mm -hmm. was causing him not to swallow his amniotic fluid. And that just carried on through all of his life. And Also, he suffered brain damage from the lack of oxygen at the time of birth because my placenta had abrupted. And so here was this beautiful child with two very different conditions that we tried our best to understand, um, but never really even fully got a, a clear understanding of the diagnosis. Right. Every moment felt like it could have been his last for over a year and a half. Yeah. You know, I kind of tell people that we, I feel like we grieve the most at the time of his birth Mm. because at that time we were grieving the loss of kind of the hopes and the dreams and the, the plans that we had for this child. You know, when you, when you have a baby, you're looking forward to all these things that you will do with them, you know, teaching them to ride a bike and maybe someday watching them get married and just enjoying these moments that you have anticipated all throughout the pregnancy. When Miles was born, we quickly realized these things are not going to be part of his life. Mm -hmm. And so we grieved the loss of the anticipation of those hopes and those dreams for him. But we, at the same time, birthed a new hope and a new dream. And that's what you're talking about. It's like every day we have with him is a gift. Yeah. And we just want him to be loved mm. and know that he's loved and cared for. That's our only hope for this child. I remember when we were rethinking our parenting strategy. Because mm-hmm. like, okay, career goals gone, educational goals Not like our other kids. Our parenting goal with this child is simply to let him know every moment we have that he's loved by his family and that he's loved by God. Mm -hmm. And then I remember that light bulb moment where we looked at each other and thought, well, why isn't that our strategy with all of our kids? (laughs) That should be our goal for everyone. Yes and no. I don't know. We should also have good goals for yeah, our other kids. Like we would true. like you to be upstanding citizens and do your schoolwork well. We and... do still expect you to do your math, son. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. So. But it starts with letting them know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that was a good lesson for us, I think. I think so. So going back to Miles in those first three months that he spent in the hospital, that was that was really hard. The hospital was, what, three hours away from home. Yeah. Right after he was born, we had him up in Brainerd, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he was flown almost immediately after he was born in this huge blizzard. Of course, it's always of you know, course. a blizzard. It's always a blizzard in Minnesota. And um, <laughs> they couldn't even take a helicopter. The snow was so bad. They had to right. take a, a fixed wing aircraft. And so they flew him down to the children's hospital in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And that's where he spent his first two and a half months Mm -hmm. and you drove down right away to be with him yeah and I was able to come down a couple days later I was still in the hospital up in Brainerd recovering from an emergency c-section but more than just a c-section you almost died yourself that is true yes I lost a lot of blood at that time when my placenta had abrupted and yeah it was a scary time it still hits me to think about how close you were, because I had no idea. Well, it was such a whirlwind of so many things happening at once and so much information needing to be passed along and so much of it, you know, critical medical information. And so the fact that I had lost that amount of blood and had had actually two blood transfusions, I don't know if it wasn't communicated to you or if the Lord spared you from that amount of information. And you're right. just, whatever the case was. Yeah, you didn't find that out until years later, actually. When, when given the choice right there, your son has to be flown to Minneapolis. Are you going to stay here with your wife or are you going to go to Minneapolis and be with your son? And knowing that he would be all alone, the choice seemed easy at the time to go with him. Because mm-hmm. I... I knew that that's what you would have wanted me to do. Yeah, I'm glad that you did. But knowing the information now that I didn't know then that you were close to death yourself, I don't know if I would have made that same choice. Mm, I think you made exactly the right choice. And yeah. I wouldn't have, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't have wanted you staying with me. He needed you there, and mm. and I'm glad that you went. Yeah. So um, those first three months, you know, we had just... Uh, kind of stabilized him in the hospital. We had moved into the Ronald McDonald house in Minneapolis. I would love the Ronald McDonald house. You never know how valuable it is till you need it. Right. Exactly. Mm. So it was my birthday. (laughs) Well, it sounds like, oh, we said this is a happy birthday episode. And we're all like, no, like this is a great story. And there's so much joy in it. Right. Like for my birthday. Okay. So. Miles is at the hospital. We're at the Ronald McDonald house and they had a gym there, which Mm -hmm. is great. So I took our oldest son for my birthday. The two of us just started playing soccer in the gym. Mm -hmm. It was just the two of us. And then pretty soon some more kids started showing up, you know, people like siblings from hospitalized children Mm -hmm. and then some more kids and then some more kids. And pretty soon I'm taking on like the entire Ronald McDonald house, like 40 (laughs) kids against me and I did end up losing oh yeah. well that's okay but it was a huge win <laughs> it was a great birthday celebration and uh, I'll never forget that that was that was a special time so without going into all the details about all the medical complications and everything uh, one of my favorite moments about miles mm-hmm. is when we got to take him home from the hospital 
Mm. And that that lead up to that, it's like we're we're actually going to get to take him home. We hadn't been home for two and a half months, and and honestly, we didn't think that we would ever be able to take him home right. from the hospital. So when they said that we could bring him <laughs> home. That was a big deal. It was a big deal. So you had gotten there before I did because you wanted to get things ready. Mm-hmm. And I got to go with Miles in an ambulance from Minneapolis, you know, three hours north to Brainerd. Yep. And our friends and family showed up that day and they lined the block. Oh, my goodness. And it was like a welcome home parade is what it was. I didn't know that was going to happen. We turned on our street there were 70 people holding up signs and banners saying, Welcome home, Miles. Oh, it was great. It was 30 below zero, and people oh. were out there with <laughs> balloons and signs. Oh, we felt, oh, we felt so loved and so supported. And I think that that's the biggest part of the joy in, in sharing the story about Miles is just mm. how much people cared for us mm-hmm. so deeply and so well. And not just our friends and our family, but how much the Lord cared for us during this time. Yeah. When we look back on our time with Miles, there's something precious about that. Yeah, we miss him. We miss our son. Of course. Of course. But we remember just all the joy and all the love and all the great experiences with the tough stuff. There was something really special about that time. And... Of course, we miss our son, but you know what I miss most is how close Jesus felt mm. when we needed mm-hmm. Jesus the most. It's it's not something that I can really put into words. I can't really explain how intense Jesus felt. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it theologically. I just know how close he was. There's the verse that says that God is near to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. He was really near when we needed him. He was. So it was a precious time. It was the hardest time of our lives. (laughs) And it was maybe the best time of our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I always tell people when they're going through something hard or when there is a a tough diagnosis that they're facing with one of their kids. Yeah. I say what we went through. I would never wish that on anyone. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And yet at the same time. I would never trade it because it did allow me to step back and prioritize correctly. I think Mm -hmm. what, what are the most important parts of parenting and really, I think, enjoy miles to a fullness that was just rich and beautiful. But also I knew the Lord. I was a believer But during those times when there was no conceivable hope outside of the Lord doing miraculous things, I was on my knees like I had never been before. Hmm. And I was reminding myself of of who this great God is. And I saw him work like I'd never seen him work before. And so it bolstered my faith. And although I knew God before... I knew him more fully because of our experience with Miles. Yeah. Okay. So tell me one of your favorite memories with Miles, just in honor of his birthday. Like what was something between the two of you that you just loved? So 
because of Miles's condition, he didn't initiate a lot of movement on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew he could see, hear, touch, taste, feel. He had preferences. Mm-hmm. If you really knew him, you could get to know what those preferences were. He, for whatever reason, loved the color yellow. <laughs> yeah. He also loved staring at balloons. Yeah. Like balloons caught his eye. Yeah. So I remember... Even when he was still in the hospital, we had tied a balloon to his hand. Mm -hmm. Like a helium balloon. Yeah, a helium balloon. He, at one point, like the balloon moved and he got really excited. Mm -hmm. So he actually initiated a little movement, which was rare for him, but he moved his arm. And then the balloon moved more. And then he got more excited. And to see that joy was really great. Mm -hmm. Just having celebrated his birthday, he's not here anymore, but uh, got a... Got a helium-filled yellow balloon in his honor. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kid was super snuggly. I don't <laughs> think he ever got put down hardly. No. that's. I was just thinking that's one of my favorite memories is just sitting with him. And we had this brown armchair mm-hmm. right next to his crib. And it was in the living room just to sit in the afternoon and the sunshine's coming in the windows yeah. and to hold him in my lap and he was he was so just soft and tender and snuggly and just to hold him that's when I learned to knit oh. I don't know if you remember that but <laughs> I do that's right he and I would sit there and and I would knit some little animals mm. that was my favorite thing to knit little yeah. toys yeah it was it was a precious time but also just seeing our children being able to interact with him and love him well too helping the nurses to care for him and and the therapist i remember alistair at the time was so into lightning mcqueen mm-hmm. he had all the little cars he would let miles use them for his therapy and so we'd put the cars in, in miles hands and he would drive them across his high chair tray and it was just you know a simple way for his brother to show honor and preference to him and share his things with him and yeah. That was really sweet. So that's how Alistair showed his love to his little brother, Miles. Mm-hmm. Miles really, really liked his older brothers and sister. Oh, he loved them. He loved them. He did. Do you remember? I mean, he was toward the end of his life, and so he was on hospice care. Mm-hmm. There was a certain night where we thought this is going to be the end. His numbers <laughs> dropped so low that I overheard your mom was there. Mm-hmm. I overheard your mom ask the nurse, is there any way that he could bounce back from this? And I don't know if I was supposed to hear the conversation, but I heard <laughs> the nurse say, from numbers like this, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I had gone up to the kids' bedrooms and I uh, got him out of bed. Mm-hmm. It was late at night. And I said, hey, you should come down and see your brother. He's uh, he's not doing well. Mm-hmm. So they got out of their beds and went downstairs and, oh, Miles, Miles. And they're rubbing his back mm-hmm. and rubbing his arm and whatever. Nothing short of a miracle. As I'm seeing on the machine, like the monitor, his numbers are going up. Right. And up and up and up. And we had another two weeks with the kid. Right. I know. It was incredible. He just he just so enjoyed them. And... And a lot of his life, you know, we spent arguing with with doctors and and surgeons about, is this a valuable life? Mm. Because he won't be able to do all the things that a normal child would be able to do. And we always argued, yes, yes. 
And so to see interactions like that where he was loved and he did love and he knew that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was our hope, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in parenting him, that's what we wanted for him. And so instances like that just really made me, oh, he did know that he was loved and loved well. So that's a little bit about our story. You know, sometimes people ask, you know, oh, I, I don't want to bring this up or, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable or, or bring up sadness for you. And so they hesitate maybe to ask about our son. Mm-hmm. But we love talking about him. You know how you love talking about your kids? We love talking about our kids, all of them. Mm-hmm. We're honored to be able to talk about Miles. Mm-hmm. We're honored. So permission granted ahead of time. If you have questions about him, please ask. We'd love to talk and share stories. If anything, I almost feel like it's like the opposite of that. Like I love talking about him so much and sharing his story so much that I'm afraid people will get tired of hearing it. Mm, like we share too much. Like because because our time with him was so short, we only yeah. had 20 months with him. Mm-hmm. And so there aren't that many stories to share. And so if I keep sharing the same story over <laughs> and over and over again, I, just, I don't want people to be like, that's all she ever talks about. And so I hold back, I think, out of that fear. But maybe that's wrong, too. So don't hesitate to to ask. I mean, not just us, but I would say anyone, you know, anyone who's lost a loved one, yeah, they don't forget. You know, I, right. I've never forgotten. There's not a day in my life where, oh, I forgot that I also had this son, Miles, for a while. Hmm. No, I don't forget that. Being able to share his story and to share the faithfulness of God that we saw in that time, that's what brings the healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember when we took Miles to Dairy Queen at the mall? So Miles was in all sorts, like he had so much medical equipment that bringing him anywhere was, that was a challenge. But we didn't want to just keep him at home all the, like if we could take him Mm. out, we we tried to do that. Yeah, because his, his immune system wasn't compromised. Right. So being in public really wasn't a problem for him. It was just a lot of work. Right. Um. We were at the mall because we were getting family pictures taken. That's why we went oh, to Dairy Queen. Oh, is that why? We okay. didn't just like, oh, let's go to let's Dairy get, Queen. The boy needs ice cream. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so we're sitting down at Dairy Queen, and a few tables away, there was a, a little girl who noticed Miles and all the equipment and tubes and everything going on, and she had questions. Mm-hmm. Her mom didn't know the answers. I love what her mom did. She said, let's go ask them. Mm-hmm. So this lady brings her daughter over and says, excuse me, sorry to interrupt, but my daughter has questions about your son and his condition if you're okay with that. And it, we were okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like we felt honored that instead of just gawking or staring, like you got questions, come and ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love what that mom did. And just, let's just, let's just go ask. Mm-hmm. That reminds me a lot of when I took Miles to the zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was hanging out with his nurse and I had taken the other kids around some different exhibits and we came back, <laughs> came back to where Miles was hanging out with his nurse. And I mean, there was just a crowd <laughs> of people 
around. And it was, yeah, kind of that same situation where all these young kids were so curious. It was like a whole class from a field trip. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just like just random kids and their moms and, you know, whoever else. <laughs> Just hanging out, and and then it was time to go, and so we were leaving, and all these all these kids, bye, Miles. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. You know, it was it was so sweet, but it was beautiful to see all these people just getting to know him yeah. and getting to love him and care for him, and say, mm. yeah, this is a human life, and and he is valuable. Got another tip, and got another story. Okay. okay. I do. I do have a tip. Um, don't you feel honored when people address Miles by name? Mm-hmm. When yeah. when you know somebody who's lost somebody they love, oh my goodness, that feels so good. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. If you don't know the name of the person they they lost, ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your son's name? Or yeah, definitely. And then uh, the story. So we didn't know how long we had with Miles, mm-hmm. right? Every day could be his last, and the kid took his time, <laughs> and we're grateful for that. We were. I mean, we just soaked it up yeah, every we did. day. We knew that he was God's. There was so much that's out of our hands. Psalm 121 was, uh, was a psalm from the Bible that we really clung on to then. It still means a lot to us now. Yeah. I mean, that psalm starts, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that's where we were Mm -hmm. at that point. We're just like, we need so much help right now. And it is beyond anything Mm -hmm. that any person or doctor or anyone could do for us. I mean, it has to come from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So the last verse in that psalm is the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Mm -hmm. So that's the verse that we decided to put on his tombstone. Mm -hmm. And the engraver was more than happy to do that. Engrave the stone, put it in at the cemetery, and your mom had seen it before we did. She stopped by the cemetery as soon as the stone was in. Yeah. Called you and <laughs> she said, <called> me. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. She said they made a spelling error. <laughs> and so the stone read, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time froth <laughs> and forevermore. And at that moment, <laughs> we had just walked through... 20 months of a daily marathon, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And then burying a child. Mm. There was just so much. And so I could have at that moment, that could have been the last straw. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. I just had to laugh. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> and so we did. So we laughed and we laughed and we laughed like from this time froth and forevermore. <laughs> like that's hilarious. And so we just kind of made it our family tradition then that every time we'd go out to the cemetery, we'd have a big mug of frothy root beer. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they fixed the stone. They did. But we still have root beer anytime we think of Miles. Just like, cheers, Miles. The Lord (laughs) kept your going out and your coming in. And it's great. I Mm. mean... It's great, and it gives us something to laugh about even now when yeah. we go and visit that cemetery. And that was just kind of our our hope all the way through is that we would love him, but that we would enjoy him um, yeah. and enjoy life as well as we could. So, 
<laughs> and we did. We did. Hmm. Well, thank you for listening to this special birthday episode. It is a joy to look back and celebrate his life. It is. Well, you're listening to Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon, and happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs>